You're listening to 66.6 FM Radio TOVH The Flush Well hey there everybody, it's me, Joe Thrashenkill And you're listening to another thrilling episode of The Toilet Hill Radio Show I'm joined today by by my best, uh, I think my best friend in maybe the whole world, possibly ever. It's, it's, I'm talking, of course, about 365 days of horror, uh, or as we like to call him, Jordan. Jordan, how are you? Well, I didn't win the billion-dollar Mega Millions lottery, but <clears throat> you just announced me as your best friend in the whole wide world. I have been upgraded from chum to best friend, so I think things have evened out for me. Yeah. Uh, well, I wanted to ask, has anybody uh, won that... What one point three billion dollars? One person in Maine. God damn it! I I knew I should have bought one lottery ticket. That would have shifted the tides in my favor. <laughs> if anything, I hope it's someone who I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the term a Maine roof on someone's house. No, what is that? It is a blue tarp instead of a roof covering <laughs> at least a portion of your house because you don't want to or can't afford to replace the hole in your roof for yeah. your fisherman check. Yeah. I hope whoever won the billion dollars has one of those. He's going to upgrade to a real nice tarp. <laughs> yeah, I hope they get uh, like a giant mansion, but still have the main roof on it. I, 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 I've never bought a lottery ticket in my life, um, aside from a couple of scratchers, because those are fun, or you know, you give them for gifts uh, you know, for to people or whatever, because it's a nice thing to do. Uh, have you ever bought a lottery ticket, like the the numbers one that spits out for the millions of dollars or anything like that? Yeah, when whether Mega Millions or Powerball gets absurdly high, whenever it's like, I don't know, over $500 million, I'll be like, whatever, here's $2, why yeah. not? Well, I mean, I, 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 never, I never think about it, I'm never tempted by it, but for some reason I was like, $1.3 billion? And I had like a, a Brewster's Millions like moment in my head where I couldn't imagine how you could possibly spend that much money. <laughs> I was like, well, I'm going to buy like a, a half a million dollar house in a neighborhood I like, and then I, I don't, I have no idea what else you would do with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like you pay off bills, you, I guess, buy a new car, and then, I don't know, I would probably just find all the GoFundMe's and fund all the ones, especially for like trans youth trying to escape abusive homes. I'd be like, done, done, done. You're all set. I, I do you like, win a car. You I do like car. that idea. Like, uh, just. Uh, you know, going through a, on a GoFundMe spree and taking care of people. The other side of that is that you could uh, take all of your money and uh, uh, pursue tons of lawsuits against the insurance companies that are making those GoFundMe's necessary. So I feel like or with I, that much money, you could probably make something happen. Or I could carpet bag to a state with a, a vulnerable Republican senator and then just flood the airwaves and run as a. Uh, senator myself and change laws that way i like that idea you could uh, put on some southern hokum to pretend that you're from whatever state you're going to uh i'm just a simple country chicken lawyer exactly no I, I, now that you mentioned that there are lots of things that uh, we could do with that i suppose next time uh that there's a billion dollars at stake i might spend two dollars to try to get it um, and with with that amount of money, you can make ridiculous commercials that even if they get you kicked off air, it's enough to like go viral or get people's attention. Like, I'm not saying Rand Paul's a stupid bitch who couldn't be a real doctor, but I think a lot of people, especially younger folks, don't realize uh, that the only reason that Bill Clinton won two consecutive terms in the '90s is because Ross Perot uh, self-funded to the tune of an insane amount of money. 
uh, primetime uh, long-form commercials in which he did uh, economics lessons at people uh, and then siphoned away a good 20% of the Republican vote. I think that you have a way of being a spoiler there if you wanted to just uh, pretend to be a Republican there and uh, just get out your charts and facts and figures that way just to, to play spoiler with it. There's lots of people options. Love pie, people love pie charts. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, maybe I just uh, – I lack imagination. There are a ton of things you can do with that money. We'll, uh, we'll have to win it next time. In the meantime, I hope it's uh, – yeah, I hope it's a Stephen King character that just enjoys, uh, you know, expanding his haunted graveyard or whatever the fuck. <laughs> buying sentient cars. <laughs> Storm's coming. Um, lots of things uh, happening this week. Nothing that like especially matters. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't want to speak for you. Did you see anything happen that mattered this week? Uh, well, two weeks ago, I did venture out of my cave and saw our friend Nikita and his band Sunseeker. Oh yeah, how was uh, how was the show? Uh, it was they were they were a very good band. I will kiss your ass, Nikita. Uh, very good. Uh, people should definitely check them out. I will say labels are fucking up not signing this band. They are far too good to be a local band. And, uh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, definitely way too many people for me in a small space. Um, but uh, other than that, good times. Interesting. So uh, what do you think is a good label fit for them? Well, they're techie boys, but mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not necessarily tech metal. So, I, you know, I, you could fit into your artisan eras, perhaps. Maybe that's a good starting label. You got to work your way up. You know, it's... Possible you could sneak in on Prosthetic. They've been having a fairly good couple of years with a bunch of death metal bands, so I think you can kind of work your way in that way. There's options. Don't go uh, with whatever that black metal label is that contacts every single band on Bandcamp. Via Nocturna? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll have to help, uh, help get the word out there for Nikita, see what we can uh, get his band, uh, The Sunseekers, up to next. Um, they did live up to their name as Fun Seeker. Fun was seeked and sought and achieved. Very good. Uh, I might venture out and see Integrity tonight. Uh, it is a Sunday night, but I don't have a job, so <laughs> I guess. And it's you'll fun. have enough time to you'll have enough time to recover to watch Monday Night Football. Oh boy, uh, I, I quit uh, watching uh, the uh, Jacksonville playoff game last night at about halftime, and apparently I should not have done that. <laughs> did you uh, Did you finish the game? I didn't even watch any of it because by the time I like just checked NFL.com to see the score, it was, what, 27 nothing. Yes. Like, wow. That was I don't I, need to see this. That was when I quit watching because it was embarrassing. Uh, it was like uh, Trevor Lawrence, I think, threw four interceptions by that point. I'm like, well, this shit's over. Uh, and then I, uh, right before I turn out the lights, you go to sleep. I'm like, what the fuck? They won. <laughs> and then everyone on the Chargers bet against themselves. And uh, made out like bandits. Yeah, I, I think about that a lot. Uh, in that, there are certainly, if not star players, you know, guys that occasionally get in for a little bit of playing time that are definitely gambling on these games. If not the refs or you know, league guys. I'm I'm just I know that there's foul uh, foul intentions afoot, and I don't know how much it's actually affecting these games. You don't even need to call a bookie. You just have your burner phone. You go onto FanDuel, which is advertised for commercials on the game itself, and you bet against yourself, and you 
make more money than you would make being a third string left tackle. That's true. Uh, I mean, you bet your game salary against it. You're coming out coming out looking nice. Um, I gotta say, uh, for all of our listeners out there, please don't uh, harass me uh, when uh, when my team, the Dallas Cowboys, inevitably lose tomorrow uh, to the divorce ghosts of Tom Brady. I will not be handling it well, and I do not need you to chide me about it. <laughs> I mean, there's a good chance Dak Prescott may throw an interception to you tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm close enough to the stadium. We can make it happen. Um, I am looking forward to seeing your team take on uh, the f- uh, fraud Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I think that the I really do think that uh, the Giants are going to come out ahead on that one, simply because, as I stated a second ago, Minnesota is full of frauds. <laughs> <laughs> Just generally, not even the football team, the exactly. entire state. A fraudulent team, fraudulent team. Uh, I don't know, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, we're recording this on Sunday, and the show's coming out on Wednesday, so I will either be right and say the Giants will win, or I will be woefully wrong because they lose, and this is days later after making any prediction. So uh, they're my team. I hope they win. We will see which team shows up. Well, I watched my uh, fraudulent Dallas Cowboys beat Minnesota by like 30, so I feel confident that you'll do okay. <laughs> they played a couple weeks ago, and uh, the Vikings won at like the very last second with a field goal. So it should be a hopefully close game or a Giants blowout. Either one, Giants win. We'll take it. Um, well, uh, I figure we can we can talk about a couple of things going on here. Um I uh, I don't I don't know. Are you familiar with uh, blabbermouth dot dot net? <laughs> I've heard of them a time or two. So there's a few things going on here. Uh, I, I've got a number of things that I find particularly interesting. I would like to just spend a minute uh, for folks that don't look at blabbermouth dot net. I uh, can't blame you at all, uh, but it is depressing. Uh, for the most part. Uh, when I go through, I see the names and faces of aged uh, hair metal guys uh, next to headlines like uh, uh, James Kotak says he recently jacked up his left hip when he tripped and fell on the pavement. Or, uh, you know, so-and-so is diagnosed with stomach cancer. Uh, so-and-so is dead at the age of, like, 61 or this one in particular, uh, which is such a strange uh, headline in, in particular, Sebas- Sebastian Bach pays tribute to Lisa Marie Presley saying, quote, I wish we could have hung out and rocked a little longer. And I don't know at this rate how Blabbermouth can self-sustain uh, when all of its subjects and I assume readers are just keeling over left and right. What, what do you think, Jordan? Can, can this last another, say, five years? Well, the thing is with Blabbermouth, it used to be, number one, connected to Roadrunner Records mm-hmm. uh, in some sort of fashion. And they used to post, like, new metal news or modern metal news at the time in the early 2000s. And then they made some shift, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago to covering, like, the old man metal beat. Yep. And... I mean, I guess on the one hand, who is interested in this sort of stuff? I mean, beyond us, because it makes for easy time-killing filler on the show. Yes. But, um, you know, there's always been this talk about people moving away from websites and just getting their news via social media. 
And for older people, that's still not the case. They still go to websites. So I guess Blabbermouth is the last one of the last bastions of just reading up on news in one single place. It's like this and Loudwire. Yep. Uh, or Buttwire, as uh, Chris Barnes referred to it last week. <laughs> well, can't wait to hear that song. Um so I, I I don't know, man. This is uh this is I, I think it's kind of depressing. I, I was able to wrench a couple of things away from this though that I we are going to talk about on the show, and I think we're going to have a nice time with. Uh, I, it was difficult scrolling past uh, every other post about uh, Jeff Beck dying. I know nothing and care nothing about Jeff Beck. Do you? Is it is that an artist that you care about? Well, I don't play guitar, so. I, I feel like Jeff Beck is a like guitarist, guitarist, um, one of those people that you hear about that's like highly influential, but like not for me because I don't play the instrument and I don't listen to the Yardbirds or the Jeff Beck Project, so it's kind of like uh, you may you you got into the Hall of Fame twice, so you must be important to someone. All I really know of recent times is him doing uh, Patient Number Nine guest solo with Ozzy Osbourne. And according to one article I wrote, he died with Johnny Depp by his side. Ugh, that's uh, I don't know if that's like a, a biblical thing, but I feel like that's bad luck. Like that pretends poorly for <laughs> for your chances at an uh, everlasting uh, salvation. <laughs> well, like as soon as the defamation trial between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard ended, like that day, Jeff Beck was saying something along the lines of like he was hitting the studio with him or he was going on tour with Johnny Depp. So that's kind of one of your final legacies is being linked to that guy. Can you imagine spending your last days on earth with fucking Johnny Depp? <laughs> Unless I'm a drug dealer, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what a weird uh, waste of the end of your life. Uh, no, the only other thing I'm familiar with is with the Jeff Beck is like uh, Cliffs of Dover, like uh, which I only knew about from like the Guitar Hero games. I think that this is just somebody that completely skipped over our generation entirely. Very important to uh, people that like guitar in previous generations, but nothing for me, man. I listen to like way more uh, fucking Joe Satriani than this. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I guess for metal fans, more of the names go to uh, Steve Vai or Joe Satriani or even like a Michelangelo body than they do Jeff Beck. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, that, it's uh, it's grandpa music. Um, so I mean, uh, I guess R.I.P. or whatever. But like, you, this meant nothing to me. <laughs> I guess if you're big into King Crimson, you're big into Jeff Beck. You, you think so? I figure this is a little straight for the King Crimson fans, but you know, I'm not familiar enough to uh, to be uh, to be on top of it. Maybe Jeff is what you put on at parties at the beginning, and you get people used to it, and then you slip on the King Crimson. Yeah, there we go. And then you stand in the corner, and people go like. They don't know that I like Jeff Beck or something. <laughs> um, for, you know, we, got, we should have done this at the beginning of the show, but I want to do a little bit of promotion, if that's all right. Sure. Uh, we have a Patreon that we do um, where you can listen to bonus shows uh, and you can get bonus mixtapes. Uh, if you give us more money, we will do more bonus shows per month. Uh, so we got to get those numbers up. We're at rookie numbers. Uh, more money equal more show. Less money equals same amount of show. 
this month, uh, you have put together a mixtape for us. I don't think you've ever done this for you uh, for us, have you? I did a few years ago for October. I did a horror punk uh, mixtape. That's right. I remember that now. Um, uh, so this one's a little bit different. This is uh, from, uh, I guess, your wheelhouse from your youth covering some of the uh, new metal, uh, the past that folks probably uh, are a little bit less familiar with. One of the bands that I think that uh, was truly iconic of that era, uh, Orgy. You know Orgy? Sure. I mean, they had their big, massive cover hit, and then a couple of little ones after that, like Stitches or uh, Fiction, Dreams and Digital, and they kind of went away after that. The scene changed. Well, the scene changed, but I don't know that they went away. (laughs) Oh, they're still around. Um, The main guy's face is certainly different, but uh, they do occasionally still pump out music. Uh, Maybe like 10 years ago, they put out a song that wasn't half bad called Grime of the Century. Hmm. And then they've just still existed since then, occasionally putting out singles that are just diminishing returns. Well, it kind of sucks because if you were a one-hit wonder in the 90s, generally you could still kind of make bread on that. You know, like I I see uh, flyers around town all the time for like, you know, various summer one-hit wonder fests, you know, where you got... I don't know, lit, you got uh, fucking Marcy Playground, et cetera, et cetera, all coming together to play their one song. Uh, and I guess Orgy, uh, you know, they stubbornly uh, decided to uh, keep trying to make new music or remain a relevant unit in some way rather than accepting uh, that the past is past. So on uh, blabbermouth.com, I was hip to this headline, Orgy Drops New Single, Empty. Um... Have you heard this one yet, Jordan? I actually have. We we actually get press releases for Orgy from their PR. And uh, so I listened to the song. But one thing I did notice in the email was, like for a lot of these bands, you'll just get a bunch of links at the end of it. Their website, Instagram, Facebook. Their links also included their MySpace page and their Reverb Nation page. Incredible. So there's also this little uh, blurb here that says, Orgy played Vampire Freaks Presents Dark Side of the Con in April 2022. Did you have any idea that Vampire Freaks was still around? (laughs) I had no idea. That is a throwback to, like, your Windows 2000 PC days, Vampire Freaks, that... I can't believe that still exists. I wonder who owns it. I I don't know, but we got to get press credentials to go to the next Vampire Freaks convention. (laughs) We'll do a live show from Vampire Freaks. That is, yeah, I I can't think of a better place to uh, to finally do our first live show. Uh, So they they have uh, the single here. I was curious. I kind of didn't really have anything going on this morning, so I decided to listen to it. Let's just play a little bit. Let's play a little bit of this on the show. That was a taste of Empty, the latest single from Orgy. What did you think? I think Orgy needs to be put to bed, and if he wants to still make music, he can do this, but like as a 
a, a writer or a producer for like capable pop stars because yeah. that's kind of like that's like what the sound is going for it's going for a pop hit and it's it's not getting there and it's also you're in your mid 50s you shouldn't be talking about getting some on the dance floor this is uh very very amateurish um you remember emo dad from the myspace days right i do if he had his own music page this is exactly what he would be making i think uh it is that particular style of like incredibly auto-tuned pop that was popular at the very tail end of the myspace days uh, and again, as you mentioned, coming from a man in his mid fifties, this is mm, this is not going to cut it. <laughs> yeah, it's like just write it and work with either labels or a production company. Hook up with the Orchard, someone who could then take your songs, maybe clean them up, modernize them, use expensive production, and give them to a young pop singer or some sort of band that it may fit into their aesthetic a little bit more and kind of gear them towards fans who may be interested in hearing this and not old man pseudo industrial new metal i would take it a step further and say it's time to retire from music (laughs) (laughs) you know there are some people uh some musicians from like the 90s that had their moment and like the bands may tour once in a while but they do make their money just writing songs for sometimes it's disney sometimes it's for other people and they get their little credits at the end and you go wait wasn't that the guy from less than jake or hold on isn't that the guy from marvelous three so uh, you know you can still do what you want to do still work in business uh, the music business rather and not do this yeah i think i think uh uh, you remember uh, fucking uh, was it Fountains of Wayne? Um, mm-hmm. That guy, like before he died in like the very first wave of COVID, he was like a hit maker for every other band. <laughs> yeah, and one of the guys from Fountains of Wayne did the song for the thing you do, and which is, as we all know, an unbeatable ass jamming song. Um, so uh, yeah, if, if you get, if you got uh, the hooks, the chops, etc., and you're old, that's okay. You can find work, but again, I I feel this this is very bad all over to me. <laughs> well, I'm sure they'll be playing it during their tours of third-rate markets very soon. Yep. If you're in the uh, Topeka, Kansas area, go go check them out at, uh, well, uh, I think that uh, Irish O'Hooligans is going to be uh, hosting them uh, here coming next month. Uh, here's a headline that uh, I guess, uh, well, I don't know if it would have mattered to me at any point in my life, but we're going to read it right now anyway. Uh, NoFX announces their final tour. 40 years, 40 cities, 40 songs per day. Why now? Why not 20 years ago? <laughs> uh, why wouldn't that be the time to, to end this off? Is this one of those things where, like, we're going to finish touring, but they're still going to do, like, their drunken public festivals and just play whatever Hellfests and other things and get hooked up with that, the occasional Las Vegas uh, emo punk revival sort of thing. Uh, They say that that is not the case, but it is absolutely the case. This is absolutely what's going to happen. This is a band that has... I don't. I, I was. I liked uh, the like fat records scene, like in the uh, the late '90s, early 2000s, and I've always hated this band. <laughs> <laughs> I had some friends uh, in high school that were like big into that sort of fat records, punk, and like also Sublime. 
That I mean, yeah. If you're a if you're a no effects fan, you're a Sublime fan, one to one. It's it's this it's a circle. Um, but man, like I cannot believe this this band has been along been together this long uh, that it's finally mercifully ending. <laughs> uh, maybe it has. We've heard stories about bands having trouble touring and increasing prices, and maybe they looked at the No Effects books and their uh, haggard accountants just like boys it's time to end it we gotta we gotta call it um yeah i i i, I it's uh end of an era we'll, we'll say that much so uh we don't uh, make anybody mad <laughs> i i don't know much about the modern punk scene to know if there's enough fans and like new bands to sustain them sticking around I mean, there there is you know a, a healthy modern punk scene. I think that like it has absolutely nothing in common with with this. Uh, I think this is a strange artifact. Uh, we won't you won't see another you won't see a new no effect, so to speak. <laughs> if they ever bring back Warp Tour like they've threatened to for the past couple of years, I'm sure they'd be on it. Uh, it it's going to happen. This is not your. If you're for some reason you're a huge no effects fan, I. I trust you'll have another opportunity. You're you're 45 years old. You need to get away from your kids and your dead end job for a while. You'll go see them. Yep, yep. Um, all right. So th- we've done a lot of blabbermouth talk. It's all for this purpose right here. Uh, do you know who Joe Lynn Turner is? Uh, he's one of those names that has been popping up for a long time. He's he was in Deep Purple, I think. Yeah, um, I think he was like one of the replacement vocalists in Deep Deep Purple. He was a replacement vocalist in Rainbow. I, I think that he's like uh, shit. Who is the uh, the guy that uh, came in and did uh, Judas Priest after Rob Halford briefly? Tim Ripper Owens. Yeah, Tim, he's a Tim Ripper Owens for a decade prior to that. Uh, so we got no we got no connection with this at all, you know. Uh, nobody listening to this show has any reason to care whatsoever about Joe Lynn Turner. Uh, but it's, I, it's for people that insist the Tony Martin era of Black Sabbath is the best era. I'm, which is an opinion I'm seeing more and more often now that uh, the uh, they're finally uh, reissuing the uh, the Tony Martin era records. Uh, I'm going to give them a listen for myself, uh, see how they are. But I got to tell you, you, a lot of people online, you're on notice. Uh, <laughs> So Joe, Joe Lynn Turner, uh, the only the only other familiarity I have with this guy is that browsing Blabbermouth in the last few months, uh, there have been numerous headlines about him choosing to no longer wear a wig. Uh, he's, he's a very glamorous, bald man, uh, a very old, glamorous, bald man uh, who I guess has had alopecia since he was a kid, uh, and having alopecia in hair metal is is not those two things do not <laughs> work together. <laughs> Uh, have you, did you see any of this shit, by the way? Yeah, it's the only news that pops up on Blabbermouth. Uh, essentially. Is, is typically about his hair and his wig, and that's all fine and good. I'm glad he is comfortable with himself, uh, even at this stage of his life where he can now be free and easy. Okay, so we have that background. This is an old guy that we don't really know about, we don't really care about. All we know is that he recently stopped wearing a wig after wearing a wig for like 60 years. And I clicked on this headline that says here, Joe Lynn Turner, quote, there's a lot going wrong, in my opinion, that's going on in the United States right now. So I'm a glutton for punishment. I'm going to click that, right? 
Folks, you got no it, you got no idea where this is going. <laughs> it's vague enough where you can kind of go either way on it. You'd be like, yes, there there are things that need to be changed or oh, this is what you want to be changed. Okay. Yeah. I mean if if it you could post up a headline if anybody gave a shit about what I said. It's like Joe Thrash and Kill. There's a lot going wrong, in my opinion, in the United States right now. And that's accurate. That's how I feel about this. But uh it, Again, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit here. It says, in a new interview with Metal Gods Radio, which is a name we see popped up only here, exclusively here, uh, former Rainbow and Deep Purple frontman Joe Lynn Turner confirmed that his latest solo album, Belly of the Beast, is, quote, a lot darker than his previous efforts. He explained, you know, art is a reflection of life. It's a mirror of reality. And right now, the reality is pretty dark. I'm not saying it's hopeless or anything, and I'm not being negative. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now that ain't right, and somebody's got to talk about it. You know, so far, so good. What do you think? That someone has to be Jolyn Turner. It's, the people are demanding it. They're ravenous for it. Um, in the old days in rock and roll, we were rebels. We were outlaws. We were nonconformists. And it seems like a lot of people, not only people, but especially in rock and roll, have conformed and complied in a sort of lockstep where they just want to toe the line, the corporate line or the government line or whatever. Somebody had to come out and say it. All right, well, how are we feeling about that so far? Again, Julian Turner is the one to say this. I just, it, it kind of reminds me of that incredible uh, TikTok of the guy ranting in his car, like, back in the 80s when we were at hardcore and metal, we hated the government. Now you conformed, you fucking stupid! It, just, like, screaming. I love that guy. Um, I think we have enough controversy on this record to wake people up. Some people will understand it. Some people won't. But that's okay, because that's what art is supposed to do. It's supposed to make you see things from another perspective so that maybe, maybe your critical thinking will kick in and you'll start to realize that our humanity and our freedoms and our dignities are being taken away from us every day. And if we don't act soon, like rise up, as the song says, if we don't do that soon, those virtues are not going to be there for us anymore. And complete compliance and enslavement is all that's there. It's truly 1984. It's truly a grave new world. It really is. Thoughts so far? We're, we're teetering. <laughs> we see where things are going with this train of thought. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to see what else we have next. I, I, I do love the idea that, like, Joe Lynn Turner is like, this is going to be the record that wakes up the fucking sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> and, man, just read another book. Actually, I, first of all, read 1984 and then read another book. I, I would suggest reading Brave New World so that you understand that it's not Grave New World. <laughs> <laughs> Slave New World, that well-known book by Sepultura. Um, so uh, here, here's where we're, we're starting to, to flesh things out a little bit. When asked what the most recent freedoms are that he feels that he has lost as an American, Joe said, and I would like to pause there and say thank you. <laughs> If you have an old uh, rock and roll guy saying very vague things, you definitely want to get them to put it out in front. What exactly are the fuck are you talking about, old man? <laughs> Especially if it could be used for like an insurrection trial later on. Uh, it might happen. Well, 
speech. Number one, freedom of speech. Let's pause there. What do you what do you think about that? <laughs> about freedom of speech? Do you think that that is the freedom that is uh, most uh, being uh, given up in America today? Well, for white men that want to say certain words that they can no longer say because they'll get in trouble for it, sure. I think of the various issues uh, plaguing the world today, like how in a lot of places it's illegal to be poor. Uh, you know, you're just going to end up uh, either in jail or uh, more uh, more likely a cop will give you a ride uh, to the middle of nowhere where they hope you die uh, if you're a homeless person. I think that, that kind of freedom, uh, just to be a poor person and uh, try to survive is uh, is number one. Uh, but this is this seems pretty bad too. Like your ability to say the n word on Twitter. <laughs> um, so he says, uh, freedom of speech. You know, they keep talking about a democracy, but first of all, the United States is a constitutional republic. Incredible. That's an all-time dumb guy thing to like get out there. Uh, secondly, democracy, which the Greeks invented, has never really worked. Like we are full on like. Uh, I think second grade civics education. <laughs> um, there's always been some social aspects to democracy, but talking about democracy and censoring speech, it's complete hypocrisy because freedom of speech is the number one thing that you need in a democracy. Freedom of choice, too. Elections are pretty dodgy lately. In my day, there was an election day, not an election month. How, how are we doing so far? I would really hate to see his uh, YouTube homepage right now. It's getting it's getting pretty pretty dicey, I would say. <clears throat> and it's all falling apart. Joe added, "The Congress didn't vote for all this stuff. It's a it's a lot wrong, in my opinion, that's going on in the United States right now. And I have the right. We all have the right to speak about it. I went to Iraq for a month with a band called Big Noise. That would be with a Z." Jeez, hasn't Iraq suffered enough? <laughs> we, uh, that, that band had a few notables. We had Simon Wright from ACDC. We had Phil Susan from uh, Ozzy's band and various other bands right now in last in line. And Carlos, uh, Carlos Cavazo from Quiet Riot. And we saw things there and learned things that I don't think the average American or anyone really would learn about from what uh, the situation was like. Uh, there were no WMDs, weapons of mass destruction. That was all a big lie, a big hoax, and so on. All right. That, it, you had to go to Iraq to uh, play a USO show, I guess, to understand that there were no WMDs, the thing that everybody fucking knew contemporarily. <laughs> 20 years ago. Yes. Um, so I think what's happening here is that our critical thinking has been lost somewhere in the mix. Instead of thinking for yourself what comes on the TV, which could easily be fake news, really, it could, and you should question everything that's been said to you. You should question every decision that they've made and really try to dig deeper. Instead of making a conclusion that that's the truth, you should seek the truth instead. And I think that you'll find the man behind the curtain who is not who you think he is, as in the Wizard of Oz. That's what we're doing here. It's all mirrors. Smoke and mirrors. So looking deeply into this, as I have for years in educating myself, which I think we as Americans should do more of instead of watching Netflix, I've got a bitch about it, really, because I think people need to wake up and take their life back, take their country back. They're losing it. 
My father fought in two wars for this, and he'd be turning over in his grave right now. So how are we doing so far? His father fought in two wars. Which wars? I'm going to guess. Are we saying like World War II and Korea? Uh, that's probably, given his age, yeah, that's most accurate. Mm. Uh, you know, fighting uh, in Korea specifically to kill one-third of the population uh, for reasons that I don't think even the guys fighting there could tell you. <laughs> ah, this guy's so close to just blaming the Jews. Uh, let's see if we can't get a little bit further there. Uh, Turner's latest comments come just four months after he performed in St. Petersburg, Russia. The singer broke with most international artists who canceled their live appearances in Russia in response to the global condemnation against the Kremlin and its president, Vladimir Putin, over the war in Ukraine. In addition, major record labels suspended their operations in the country while streaming services like Spotify pulled out of the market. A month earlier, uh, Turner threw his support behind Roger Waters over comments the Pink Floyd co-founder made about Russia. Waters blasted Joe Biden for, quote, fueling the fire in the Ukraine amid Russia's ongoing invasion of the country. Uh, and when asked in an interview with uh, CNN, why won't the U.S. encourage Zelensky uh, to negotiate obviating the need for this horrific, horrendous war, uh, after uh, the, the CNN responded that Waters got it reversed and was blaming the party that got invaded, Waters fired back saying it was about the action and reaction of NATO pushing up against the Russian border. All right, whatever. That's fine. Uh, a short time later, uh, Joe Lynn Turner got on his official Facebook page uh, to share a video of Waters uh, saying, Roger Waters speaks truth to power. Thank you, Roger. Somebody has to say it. Uh, this is not the first time he has taken a uh, political stance. Back in 2015, he made headlines when it was revealed he joined a list of Western celebrities who publicly expressed support for and defended Vladimir Putin, whose image had suffered greatly uh, because of Moscow's aggressive foreign policy. <laughs> Years later. Someone has to defend Vladimir Putin, and it's me, Joe Lynn Turner. And, and we're going to continue here just a little bit further because I'm telling you. The headline is not enough. We're going to go to some stranger places here. Two years later, Turner said that his opinion of the Russian president had remained unchanged. He is still telling the truth. Honest to God, I get a lot of crap for saying that, but it's true. He still is, whether you like him or not. He may be a gangster, but he's a good gangster. And I say there are good gangsters. There were gangsters in my family, in the mafia, and they were good people, he explained. <laughs> They were the safest neighborhoods. They protected everybody <laughs> on the block, and they took care of people. And they actually donated their time, money, to good causes. If somebody didn't have enough bread or food, they'd buy it for them. I mean, it depends on what kind of gangster you are. The politicians are bad gangsters. They can't even cover up their crimes. Um, do we want to just pause here and uh, provide background for, say, 1960s era Italian neighborhoods and what they meant by good neighborhoods. <laughs> good wink, wink, wink neighborhoods. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you didn't have food or bread, they'd buy it for you <laughs> with a 98% vig. <laughs> and what if my family doesn't like bread? Maybe if they, what if they like cigarettes? Is that a crime? Uh, what we're seeing here is boomer brain rot to a pretty extreme degree. We're going to continue here. Joe went, to went on to lament the state of American politics and announced the culture of extreme political correctness, which he believed had gone too far. I think more and more people are saying that. What do you think, Jordan? 
Yeah, everyone's saying that. Yeah. I think America's lost its way, he said. We've lost God. We've lost a lot of things that made the country great. And I'm sorry to say, being an American, specifically an (laughs) Italian-American, thank you, (laughs) and holding an American passport, I've had uncles, and my father did military service for 12 overseas stripes. The whole thing. And I went to Iraq for the troops. So anyone that wants to challenge that, come on, bring it on, because I think I know a few more things than you. But I think we've lost a lot of our values in America. We can't even speak freely anymore. There's more freedom in Russia. I can tell you that. I've done a lot of time there and still will. People don't understand what Russia is in America. According to Turner, his country's demonization of Russia Russia is rooted in the fact that, quote, America always needs a big bad wolf. We need to hate somebody because of the military-industrial complex. So we need to hate somebody all the time and create a war. There's no need for it, really. If we can just straighten out the economy and get the Fed out of here, I think that people would have a chance. Right now, I pray for them. I really do. Because I think they got it all wrong. So, uh, he's, he's hitting on this weird intersection of just straight uh, brain rot Fox News shit and, like, uh, yeah, weirdo libertarian shit. Like, gotta get rid of the Fed. <laughs> the military-industrial com- uh, military complex is bad. Like, all right. Well... <laughs> How are you going? Never mind. With, do you do you want to read more about his economic opinions? I'm just thinking about how we've heard the term was a compromat mm-hmm. over the past couple of years with Donald Trump or Lindsey Graham or other right wing people who have taken up for Russia and Vladimir Putin. Just imagining this sort of situation with uh, Russian Secret Service or Gru or whoever just. Comrade General, we finally got some compromat on Joe Lynn Turner. We're yeah. ready to turn him to our side. Yeah, this is going to finally bring down the uh, the American uh, American economy. We've got rock and roll star Joe Lynn Turner on our side. We have won. This keeps going because I'm, I'm telling you, this is the most insane blabbermouth article I've ever seen. Um, is it uh, fucking Fred Durst? Is he uh, like big pro-Russia or is he anti-Russia? I can't remember if he's not allowed there anymore or not. I, he's been tweeting some things lately that give me some concern, but I, I feel like possibly pro. I thought he had like dual citizenship there for a while, but I thought he might have said something wrong and then gotten kicked out. He spit on the street and that was it for him? It might, it might have been it. Um, as if sensing the criticism that would likely follow his comments, Turner preemptively defended himself by saying... I said Putin was telling the truth, because he is telling the truth. I got subpoenaed by my own government, okay? <laughs> what? When? <laughs> so all the naysayers and these haters who are going to see this about me and stuff, you guys have no clue. 30% of the American people have passports, so 70% of you are isolated, and you know dick about it. You should have been nowhere, and you've been nowhere and done nothing. Excuse me, but that's what you should have been told a long time ago. I want to I want to say, do you have a passport? I do not. I do. I've been to a couple of places, but, like, if you have a passport, most of the time you're going to, what, like, fucking Cabo San, Lu- San Lucas? Like, <laughs> you're not, like, learning uh, the history of another country or anything like that. I don't. I think that has very little to do with it. And as for, you know, Joe Turner, he's going to various countries to uh, sit in a van and then sing for 30 minutes at their uh, county fair. <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, Maybe you should get a passport so that you can understand what uh, what's really going on, uh, as Joe, Joe Lynn Turner is telling you. 
It's on my list of things to do. I'll get it right before I need to flee the country. Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. This is uh, this is really uh, this is really pretty interesting to me. So the seventy one the now seventy one year old singer went on to explain that he was subpoenaed by the U.S. government after he played three charity shows in Russian annex Crimea, which he called, quote, a war-torn country. Those people had a great time, and we had sellout houses, he said. <laughs> Everyone had a good time. Yeah, and we played a great show. <laughs> um. It says here, if you believe in one faction, the problem is if you say it and you're not politically correct, you're going to catch a lot of hell from people that don't want to work with you because you're not politically correct. So the world has become falsely political correct, I should say. And that's not the way music should be. Music used to be rebellious. You used to be able to, uh, something that we could step out of the norm and live for, as far as heroically. But now everybody's starting to get in line. Don't say this. Don't say that about that. So you try to do it in your writing. But it sometimes falls on deaf ears because they're not used to hearing, oh, we don't want to hear about that. We don't want to hear about that. It's very unfortunate that the generations of today don't want to know about being a rebel and having an alternative to what they're being indoctrinated with. So uh, what do you think? What What do you think about all that? I think people need to keep interviewing Joe Lynn Turner as much as possible, constantly have a running microphone in front of him. And sooner or later, he will tell on himself and let some certain things and certain thoughts and certain words slip, and we should be here for it. Uh, he's going to keep fucking around and like admit to some serious felonies or some shit here. <laughs> My great-grandfather Benito used to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you think? Uh, is this worthy enough to be added to the pantheon of guys that we've, we have to check in on occasionally? <laughs> I've put a pin in it. I think we'll need to come back at it. Uh, maybe save a bookmark. Uh, open up a new folder in your computer, Jolyn Turner. Put it next to uh, some of the other people we're probably going to talk about in the show. Your Phil Labontes or your Sabatons. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose that's true. A bit a big week for Phil Labonte, actually. You know, I know we haven't checked on him in a long time. Uh, have you uh, Have you caught, caught up on the latest news with old Phil? Well, we could talk about the podcast he was on, or we could talk about how his uh, former bandmate's wife is suing the band now, or the band is suing her, rather, to try to get recoup some sort of lost money. Yeah, I gotta say, that seems um, like a complicated situation, but having the headline uh, that Phil Labonte sues Ollie Herbert's widow <laughs> is uh, is uh, pretty uh, pretty interesting to me anyway. <laughs> That, that's not the headline you want when yeah. you're having some sort of case. Uh, all I'm saying is that if things went the way that old Philly wanted, there wouldn't be a government or legal system necessary for any of this involved. So uh, right is might, uh, you're fucked. <laughs> I mean, if things went the way that he wanted, he'd be singing for Five Finger Death Punch right now. That's true. That's true. It so, ain't going to happen. So... Uh, Rather than getting into all of the uh, nonsense with uh, him and this lawsuit, which, you know, that's between them, uh, the courts will sort it out. Uh, we have this headline here, is, rebellious, is rebelliousness missing in today's rock music? All that remains singer Phil Labonte weighs in. Uh, boy, that is identical to that uh, old asshole <laughs> that's uh, also bald, uh, <laughs> Joe Lynn Turner. <laughs> 
I'm seeing a lot of concentric circles and overlapping going on between what we just talked about and what we're going to talk about. And it, it, what is so infuriating about this is both of these guys are convinced that they are brave iconoclasts standing athwart history <laughs> with no uh, with no commonality between themselves and others. Uh, what what is the deal with that? Generally, why are these people like this? Yes. I don't know, short guy, complex, uh, having a little dusting of success and then it fades away and not being able to just live a normal happy life. It's always having to blame someone else, whether it's a, a group or an individual person or just a general society or government. The government. For your family. <laughs> Dang old government. Uh, to be clear, I do not I do not like the government, but I have specific <laughs> I have specific criticisms about that. Uh, during a recent appearance on the Create Your Own Life show, so I'm going to have to stop you already because I wanted to look up the Create Your Own Life show. Yes, and this is the the quick little description. The Create Your Own Life podcast covers some of the most important and sometimes controversial topics. We talk about things that matter. We're free thinkers in search of becoming extraordinary. All right. Um, so it sounds like uh, some kind of self-help libertarian thing. Like uh, you know, maybe they can give you advice on why your life, why your wife left you. I don't know. Maybe with a guy desperately trying to look like Ben Shapiro. <laughs> oh, that's pathetic. Uh, like Ben Shapiro with a Gumby-shaped head. See, this is uh, hosted by Jeremy Ryan Slate, who I will say has dead eyes. He, this guy has incredibly dead eyes. I do not trust him as far as I, I was going to say as far as I can throw him. I could probably get a good distance on this guy, I think. Beady little eyes is a good way to describe it. And just I'm um, looking at their little podcast page on Apple. And just so we know what we're getting into, here's a few titles from some of the shows. How the modern athlete has changed and how Bitcoin saves the future. Oh, boy. The Marxification of Education. Of course. Yeah, the, every you can't go to a public school without getting indoctrinated into Marxism. How to create culture and not give into the Marxist culture war. Oh, great. All right. What they're doing to you and what the full moon has to do with it. Oh, god damn. Whew. Pretty good stuff. Um, so I'm sure that this guy uh, with his pedophile mustache has a lot of good advice for us. Uh, and when he combines uh, with uh, Philly Labonte, I'm sure that it's just a font of knowledge. <clears throat> it's worth noting that this recent appearance on the Create Your Own Life show, uh, I clicked over to it because uh, it was handily linked uh, to YouTube, has 433 views. So for context, this show gets way more listeners. <laughs> And for further context, I shared this in both the Facebook Toilet of Hell group and the Facebook Discord. So at least a couple of those listens are our friends and our readers and listeners. And uh, thus far, every comment, which came weeks ago before we shared it, uh, are overwhelmingly negative. <laughs> Good stuff. Off to a great start here. <clears throat> Uh, so, during that recent appearance on the Create Your Own Life show, Philoboni spoke about the relative absence of abrasive rock groups who challenge all the norms and offend parents, but are still adored by young fans. He said, I think that the rebellious nature of music, a lot of times, historically, 
has come with the fact that the right, ki- the right kind of had cultural dominance in the United States. And I think since probably the mid-90s, that's been changing or has changed. So then now the left having the kind of cultural dominance and having political dominance, because essentially the left really sets the tone for the U.S., and the right in the U.S. kind of responds. It's called being a reactionary, yeah. But because of that, I think that musicians have had less to rage against. I think that musicians tend to feel like they align on the left more than they align on the right. And part of that's because of, I think, the narrative that surrounds the two. So a lot of people that are musicians that are on the left are kind of happy with the things that are being asserted assertively by government. The government asserting things assertively. Um, I saw that uh, Phil Bonte had a tweet the other day. It says, uh, like, uh, uh, in a world of rage against the machines, be a slayer. And I just thought to myself, you're in all that remains. <laughs> like, you had auto-tune vocals, like, from the very beginning. This is bad. Your entire success is based on having a song in a video game. Correct. Um, so Labonte, who says he is very pro-individual liberty and admits to liking the Libertarian Party sometimes, also talked about how some All That Remains fans may be put off by his outspoken nature when it comes to his political views. Well, one thing is I never do any political stuff from the All That Remains page or anything. Uh, and I don't do any talking politically from the stage. I think I've worn an actual uh, political shirt on stage one time. I wore a Ron Paul shirt, so... Loser. Yep, exactly. I don't make overt political statements or anything when it comes to All That Remains. All That Remains doesn't endorse candidates, endorse anything. All That Remains is a band I think did endorse decriminalizing marijuana. I think we officially said that, but I think that's a small thing. And uh, I will say that is a smart thing to do from a business standpoint, especially if like other band members don't align with your thinking. Like, Keep it to yourself. Like, don't hurt the band, although, I mean, all that remains is Phil Labonte and friends, right? Correct. And, like, Phil is not, like, a casual libertarian. He's all in on, like, the Ludwig von Mises gold bug horseshit. Like, he is super into it. So this is the kind of stuff that has, like, over, like, a, like, like 70 years, billionaires have spent billions and billions of dollars trying to make this palatable for a wide audience and has not worked because it is deeply unpopular on a core level. (laughs) You can go onto YouTube and see him doing a speech. I wish I could remember the exact type of rally it was, but it was a libertarian rally. We're talking about freedoms and liberty and there's 15 people there. Uh, Because the average person here is like, okay, the – we like liberty, we like freedom, we like uh, decriminalizing drugs, we hate wars. Yes, that's all great. Everybody is into that. And the Libertarian uh, Party is so wildly unsuccessful uh, because of everything else associated with what they believe. <laughs> we believe in freedom and liberty and lowering the age of consent to 13. And it's, it, I believe that children should uh, should work. Uh, I don't believe that you know they should... Uh, you know, we should pay for schools. Uh, so, you know, if you don't have money to uh, send your kid to a school, they should probably just be working. And we shouldn't have any workplace protections for those children at their child jobs. And it's like just, you, you keep just going get back this. into the acid mines, little girl. Yeah, it's, it's like this Hobbesian state of nature point of view that like is incompatible with society on a core level. And so when you have a, a, a viewpoint that is as popular as no wars and, fr- like, no drug laws, 
that you can't even get like more than a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of the people supporting any of this shit. Uh, a true failure, uh, top to bottom of an ideology supported solely by the biggest fucking losers in the world. So, um, yeah, I, there's a good reason you're not <laughs> you're not on stage saying like uh, anything more about this. Um, <clears throat> now there are definitely people that say, uh, and uh, this is uh, this is Phil talking again. Uh, there are definitely people that say I don't like that guy, so I don't want to support the band and stuff. Yep. And uh, I remember when uh, Phil called me a faggot online, and uh, that uh, like went around uh, Metal Sucks and all those other sites. Uh, he's, his uh, thing was like, uh, he, uh, he, he doesn't like uh, me, and so he, uh, he acts like I, I, he doesn't like the band or something. It's like, no, I genuinely think your band sucks shit, too. You, you suck, and so does your band. <laughs> the two aren't uh, connected. Yes. They don't like the band, and they don't like you. Uh, but mostly, I, I, I don't have to listen to your band because it's not like popular, <laughs> so it's just you that I particularly dislike. You're not going to be walking around the mall and hear six all of a sudden. I can't escape it. Uh, so, uh, I don't like the guy. I don't want to support the band and stuff. And you get that no matter what you do, especially today. Not that I think all that remains would get that. But you look at, if you're at a certain level of success, people start writing think pieces. Why hasn't this person said that? Or why haven't they done that? Now, I don't really expect that to particularly happen with a band like, say, All That Remains size. But it's not that it couldn't happen. <laughs> Sure. Right. Just keep, keep fucking that chicken. Dude. Yeah, things will get better any day now. It's tough to abstain from that kind of stuff nowadays. People will make assumptions about what you think and what you don't think. And even if I wasn't an openly libertarian kind of leaning guy, I would put up pictures of me shooting guns and people would make assumptions right there. Like, oh, he owns guns, blah, blah, blah. There you go. Done deal. <laughs> That's a pretty good assumption. Yeah. So I might as well articulate my positions in a way that people can make aspersions if they like. <laughs> But there are places where my opinions are consistently at least recorded. So you can say, I don't think this or I do think that, but I probably tweeted some crap about it on Twitter. You did. People made fun of you for it. <laughs> That's what happens. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad that we don't have to check in on this guy uh, until he... I hope he loses this lawsuit against Ollie Herbert's widow. <laughs> Before we move on, I just uh, wanted to point out the thumbnail for this podcast. That's It's on YouTube, and the title is Communism, Why the Metal Legend is Smashing Marxism. And Metal Legend is doing a lot of work that like, you, can't, you can't actually explain. Like, if you want a metal star, begrudgingly, I'll be like, okay, fine, <laughs> whatever. He has had some minor success. People know his name, like, fine. But Legend, really Legend. Also, and the way that this is phrased, the metal legend, like, hmm. There's no, only one. No. That you could say, like, you could even say this metal legend, and it would be incorrect, but mm -hmm. it would be more correct than the metal legend. <laughs> Everyone knows his name. And the, the picture itself is, uh, I guess, All That Remains playing in some sort of festival with uh, the picture of his, Phil's back with his baseball cap on to hide his bald head. And a badass picture of Karl Marx's head in the background with sunglasses on watching Filibanti. Incredible. Very, very good stuff. Um, hate this guy. Hate him a lot. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. There, there's no need for any of this. Um, 
I did want to briefly circle back a little bit because Joel and Turner mentioned like Crimea and playing in Crimea. Yeah. And how that connects to another story that came out this week. Oh, boy. The Swedish Skeptics Association may revoke Sabaton's Public Educator of the Year Award due to comments made by bassist Par Sundström about Crimea. Why can't you people fucking stay out of Donbass? <laughs> that applies to everybody. Everybody get out. Nobody's allowed to be there anymore. Um, let's, uh, let's back it up a little bit. Uh, some kind of Swedish organization gave Sabaton a Educator of the Year Award. Yes, the the Swedish Skeptics Association, which, uh, okay, um, gave Sabaton the Eret Faldikdare 2022 Award, which is Public Educator of the Year. I guess they must have written some sort of song about a Swedish soldier or something, and that's considered education. Okay. Um, it's I, a, I, it's I, a I sad state of education in this uh, this country, I guess, but all right. Sweden is falling apart. Everyone's saying it. We mm-hmm. need to go. We need to go back to a better time in Sweden where people had free speech. We should probably um, liberate Sweden. I think. <laughs> yeah, let's get the Finns and the Norwegians in on it. Yeah. Uh, according to news outlet Dagens Nyheter, which mm. is, I believe, news of the day, this all started a few days ago when Sabaton's song "Carolus Rex" was removed from a Spotify playlist meant to represent Sweden and Swedish music as the country took over. The presidency of the European Union. Good for them. I didn't hear anything about that. (laughs) Yeah, I must have missed that one. Uh, The reason was Sabaton's 2015 performance in the Crimean Peninsula right after Russia illegally annexed the area. Dagens Nyheter also points out the show was organized by the Russian biker gang Natvargarna, who are close to Vladimir Putin. Can you imagine how racist a Russian biker gang is? (laughs) In 2015 interview, Sundstrom commented that Sabaton was there to, quote, play for fans regardless of where they are. We were there to spread our music as we always do. When asked how he feels about the comments, Sundstrom added, quote, we do what we do. We sing about history and we play heavy metal. I know people want to politicize us, but we don't actively want to do that. Mm, Sorry. I don't want a lot of things to happen, but uh, you as a public figure, that's what you do. Um, Just you don't really stick really sticking to that. We do not do politics while very much being steeped in politics, writing about war and lionizing possible war criminals. Yeah, it's, it's like you this this doesn't just apply to Sabaton. It applies to like every institution, like every kind of uh, organization like you can say that you're apolitical, but that's not a get out of jail free card when you like when you make a decision, like a political decision, to play uh, in a newly <laughs> uh, invaded area. And uh, it continues. Doggins Nieheder also references a 2016 interview with Sweden Rock Magazine where Sundstrom said he visited the Crimean city of Sevastopol and that, quote, you hardly feel that they feel occupied. <laughs> you can hardly tell that these guys are occupied. I saw someone smile. It was fine. Yeah. Sunshum has since responded saying, quote, my quote was how I experienced the situation there and then on site and the impressions I took home with me. That someone invades or occupies another country is against international law, which I think should apply instead of someone resorting to armed conflict, as has now happened in Ukraine. 
our catalog of songs is proof that there has been enough fighting, end quote. Does it? I mean, because it sure does seem like nope. you guys glorify fighting. Like, that's your whole fucking deal. Uh, and if, if you wanted to say say you were against uh, war, I would say that would be a political position. <laughs> no, they are right down the middle on everything. Everything is presented without context. It is just war. Um, for as popular as Sabaton is, I know that we've only recently kind of started uh, making fun of them, but like there is so much to work with here. Like This is uh, truly in the pantheon of, I think, bad bands <laughs> that uh, are unexplicably like huge. Um. Boy, now that I think about it, we haven't talked about a single good band on the show today, have we? Do we want to continue the trend? Shit, I mean, we're already an hour in. How far do you want to? How far do you want to see how this uh, rabbit hole goes? We could talk about the big sixteen, if you want. Oh my god! But we already had a big six. We have moved on from the big six. This is a whole other group of deathcore people for. Some reason it's just an arms race now of deathcore vocalists getting bigger and bigger and having these larger projects, and we're just going to get mutually assured destruction between all of them. Uh, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we can finally thin the herd here. Uh, we're just going to hit peak deathcore, and it's going to collapse in on itself like a hair metal. <laughs> what is uh? So what? What is this? What is this new thing? So this was written on Metal Injection, and it's a band called Distant. We're on Century Media Records, a deathcore band, or as this article says, Masters of Deathcore. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which uh, I- I'm not deeply involved in the deathcore scene, but I'm going to have to disagree. Like if you wanted to say Lorna Shore were Masters of Deathcore, I would be like, yeah, okay, fine. They are having their moment. They are popular. Yeah. Can't say the same about Distance. I don't know much about them, but they just put out a new song called Argent Justice, which features 16 guest vocalists. That's too many guest vocalists, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they all offer something different in pitch and timbre and harmonization that, you know, will really make it all into a pretty unique choral piece. You're going to listen to it and you're going to be like, wait, wait, that's that's this guy. I know who that is. This is the Hunt the Dinosaur guy. <laughs> so it's all deathcore vocalists, 16, 16 dudes doing hurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Featuring vocals from members of Abbey Falls. <sighs> okay. Two people from Acranius who I, I constantly misread that name and think it, they're saying Arcturus. <laughs> like a band that you would actually know about. Which would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, three members of Angel Maker. I've at least heard of them. Hmm. Uh, someone from Body Snatcher. I've heard of them. A member of Cabal. Two members of Carcosa. A member of Crown Magnetar. Two members from Distant, which I don't think counts. It's your band. Yeah, yeah, that didn't work. A member of Pale Face. Hmm, don't know about that. A member of 1056. A member of Worm Shepherd. Eddie Hermida of Suicide Silence. All right, there we go. I've heard of that one. That's the first one for me. And I've saved the best for last. They have dug him out of his hole. Frankie from Amir. Jesus Christ in a hat. I, I'm i not really familiar with 90% of these bands, but like, there is no way that there is anything going on here that's 
good, like in any way. <laughs> or, or distinctive. Or distinctive, yeah, for that matter. Uh, have you listened to it? No. Should we listen to it now? Fine. Shit sucks. <laughs> wow, that was totally different from what I was expecting. Yep. yep. Um, well, we, we had the big six. We got the big 16. What's next? Like, it's, uh, it's, it's moving at a logarithmic rate now. There's no way we're not getting a big 69 and then a big 420. Mm, probably going to happen. Um, yeah, these, uh, these collaborations, I think, um, I think this is hopefully the end of the genre. <laughs> I think that this is a sign that this is no longer, no longer sustainable. We got to do bigger and better stunts to make people give a shit in any way. Uh, I hope we can go ahead and put this one to bed. We shall see. Um, well, what do you think? Is there anything else you want to talk about on this one? Or should we just leave this being thus far, I think, top 10 most cursed episode we've done? Just a lot of old guy shit, and we ended off with new guy shit. Yeah, new guy shit that sucks. Uh, I had an article here about uh, periphery that I wanted to talk about, but you and I don't give a shit, so uh, this was really meant for Breno, who is not with us today. Is it about how they are putting out an album called, like, We're Not Gent? Called Gent is Not a Genre. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, I was going to have uh, Breno uh, justify that one to me, but uh, since it's just you and me, this band fucking is ass. I hate it. Good Lord. <laughs> not a fan. Uh, what do you think? You want to go ahead and close this one out? Yeah, we can finish this out. Uh, we have bonus episodes... Uh, and uh, mixtapes available uh, for you on Patreon. Uh, this month, uh, we did another edition of Fantasy Label Ball, uh, where we uh, take uh, we took Relapse Records and uh, we took ownership to uh, make it the sickest possible uh, label it could possibly be. So, you know, uh, if you're perhaps in the ownership group of Relapse Records, you want to go ahead and subscribe and get some input from us on that one. We did learn that Relapse has a lot of doom bands that haven't done anything in like 10 years. Get them out of there, fellas. Uh, as for us, uh, you can find us online uh, everywhere. Uh, if you want access to the Discord, uh, hit me up. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all I got today. Yeah, let's get the heck out of here. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.
listening to 66.6 FM, Radio TOVH, The Flush.